time to play ball. Welcome to the podcast with no limits. Whether it be sports, current events, or random thoughts, this is the place to step in and stay a while. Your host is a proud alumnus of Rio Hondo Prep, a former minor league baseball umpire, and a man with strong opinions. Welcome to the Get Home Safe podcast and your host, Matt Persima. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. It is Friday, July 17th, 2020. Happy Friday to everybody out there, whatever you're doing, whether you're out at work or staying at home during this lovely quarantine season we are in. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, This is it. This is it for the week. Five episodes in, five uh, episodes down. Uh, Thanks to uh, everyone who has been a part of the program this week. We've had out some great shows throughout this week. Really happy with how they turned out. All of our guests the past four days have been great. If you have a chance, uh, go back and listen to them. If you have not already, some really uh, great guys who've come on and and a wide variety, a wide range of guys, we'll say. It's been a a lot of fun catching up with so many different people. Uh, Today on the program, we're joined by Mike Blincy. He is an umpire at the college baseball level. He also helps uh, out with some a really good umpire camp, one of the best out here on the West Coast, the Black and Blue Umpire Camp. He's been a part of that for a long time. He'll talk to us about that. He'll also tell us about his experience working for BSN Sports, which operates to distribute equipment to different schools of all levels, uh, high schools, colleges. It could be anything, uniforms, equipment, all kinds of stuff. So he will tell us all about his experience there uh, operating with BSN Sports should be a lot of fun. He also has a podcast of his own. I believe it's called the Inland Empire Coaches uh, Podcast. And it's basically talking about, uh, or talking with, I should say, coaches in the Inland Empire from high schools and colleges, a lot of people that he interacts with with his uh, his business anyway. So uh, we'll talk about that as well, but a fellow podcaster. So that's always exciting to talk about. Uh, a few things this morning, guys. First of all, you guys know how slow I am with technology and the fact that we have done over 80 episodes now and have definitely done over 75 interviews, we'll say, with different people. You guys know, you loyal listeners, sometimes the audio is great, sometimes it's bad. I've worked on a couple different things to try to make the audio better, cut the interviews in half. I've done all everything I could. I've tried headphones. I've tried Bluetooth. I've tried new microphones. I've tried it all. Well, one thing I came across... Uh, actually yesterday, (laughs) was that uh, I tried an interview on Zoom. I was able to use my new microphone here and do it from my laptop. And I was talking to another friend, Ken Lee, who does amazing stuff. Uh, It seems so effortless for him. I know he puts in a lot of work, but man, he's impressive in all the different uh, technology he does and uh, tech review and his podcast and everything. Anyway, uh, I was talking with him and I said, wait a minute, can we do a Zoom uh, interview from my computer. Will will it record the Zoom audio and then we use that for our podcast? And he said, "Yeah, that should, you should be able to do that." He kind of pointed me in the right direction, and sure enough, I found out that uh, if you do a Zoom interview, a Zoom uh, meeting, I'm, I'm new to Zoom as well, but you do a Zoom meeting, it will then, if as long as I press record near, near the bottom, I can then save that audio for our podcast and upload it to the Anchor app and away we go. So it's better for sound, not only for me to use my microphone, but also for the person I'm talking to. It's much cleaner and you can talk to the person face-to-face, which is so much better, a lot easier to uh, have the conversation, not talk over each other. It's just it's just great stuff. And again, I am I am always behind on this stuff. It took me over 10 years to realize my camera had a my camera, my laptop had a camera on it. Uh, so this is just another example, guys, of how I'm a little behind. But you know what? Uh, we're, we're trying to improve, and I think we will be improving and going forward. Uh, I think most people in 2020 have discovered Zoom and how to use that, how to operate that, uh, because we've been forced to with this quarantine and everything. So in going forward, anybody who would like to do an interview, I will more than likely operate the interview through zoom so we can see each other face to face it helps to not talk over each other and it's just a little more personal so we tried it the other day with uh my friend gavin and uh, it worked out great so his interview will be out next week and uh, i i just really excited about it i know 75 
times doing this, which is hard to believe. And, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, that's how it could have been better. So I apologize to everyone in the past who's had poor audios. Uh, it's, hey, we're learning. Uh, hopefully people will come back and we can try it again. Now that I know it's as simple as just doing a Zoom with somebody, I know most people know how to operate Zoom. So that makes me uh, a lot happy, uh, very happy, I should say. So anyway, going forward, that's going to be what we're going to try and what we will uh, be doing if, as long as the person we are interviewing is up for it. So excited about that. Moving forward, new new, uh, new beginnings. Uh, a couple things I want to mention about combat sports. You know, I, I tell you guys that I've really gotten into this the past few years and a lot here during quarantine because boxing and UFC has come back. They put on some great events. I just love competition, especially two guys, two women, uh, just, just fighting each other. I mean, it's just, it's gruesome. It's, it's very physical. Uh, it's just great stuff. You really see, uh, the, the will in somebody and what, what's really great about each sport is that they are different. You know, boxing is old school. UFC is kind of the, uh, it's kind of taken over, we'll say, but there's still some old school boxing fans. And I love watching both earlier this week. I had the opportunity to tune into uh, both. I tuned in on Tuesday night and saw two fighters that really stood out to me in, in boxing. And one was Clay Collard. Uh, he is a former UFC fighter who's now gone the route of boxing. And let me tell you, I wa- really watched him in his past, I guess his past six fights or so, he's really uh, he's really coming on strong. And he's a new, new name. What's interesting about him is he hasn't really fought uh, a whole lot of boxing fights, but he also, but he's from UFC. Typically you get that the other way. You get some boxers that maybe go to UFC. Uh, so it's, it's very interesting. It was very different than for instance, uh, Conor McGregor fighting that one boxing match against Floyd Mayweather. Clay Collard was very much in control, very aggressive. You can tell he's a fighter at heart, no matter what the sport is, but he was really impressive to watch. So stay tuned for a guy like that. Clay Collard, uh, really, he was really interesting to me. So in going forward, uh, I'm going to definitely be looking for his name out there as someone who's transitioned from UFC to boxing. Uh, another fighter out there, Michaela Mayer. I uh, hadn't seen her fight before, but just uh, a pretty good fighter, uh, pretty good boxer. You don't see too many female boxers. At least you don't see as many female boxers as you do UFC fighters. So I found that fascinating. Uh, you know, she's undefeated. She uh, she fights really well. She's from California, from uh, the LA area, so that's pretty cool. Uh, but anyway, it, she was very intriguing again to see fight. So I'm definitely looking forward to seeing her fight uh, upcoming. Uh, down the road here. So uh, she had, she had come off of, she tested negative uh, about a month ago for COVID and came back and was able to fight uh, a couple of days ago. So I thought that was great. Some other news with uh, combat sports is Bellator and, and Bellator, you guys may not be aware of that, but Bellator it's MMA, it's mixed martial arts. If you watch it, it's very similar to UFC. I would say it's probably the Step below UFC, since UFC is the most popular. A lot of fighters go from Bellator to UFC. Uh, but I'm just glad it's coming back. The more, the more the merrier. You know, it's not as it's not the best fighters as UFC, but but it's exciting to watch. And if anybody has the Dazen, the zone app, I always call it Dazen. But I I uh I, I discovered that channel uh, a couple of years ago. It's a streaming service, so you gotta have apps or you know, you find it on your smart TV or whatever, but uh, it, it was, uh, I wanted to watch a Canelo fight and I saw this, what is this zone? And I flipped it on. It's like a hundred bucks for the entire year. And they put out all kinds of good fights, uh, a lot of boxing and uh, a lot of Bellator. So if you're interested in, in fights like me and, and seeing it, uh, almost year round, that's a great channel to, uh, to, uh, pick up on your streaming side of things. They have some great podcasts I've been watching, like, uh, live streaming podcasts on, on video and everything. So it's pretty cool. Uh, I know I'm I'm not talking necessarily to a bunch of fight fans out there, but uh, just some things that were on my mind, some things that I wanted to talk to you guys about uh, combat sports with all the other politics and everything going around in a lot of these other sports. I continue to be drawn to boxing and MMA because there's just less, I don't know, there's less BS, there's less politics in it. It's just that uh, there's people from all over the world. It's a very diverse sport and some guys have their messages and everything and uh, you know, causes and, and this and that. But for the most part, 
um, you see a good mix of it. You see a good mix of different people, and I, I've really enjoyed it. So I'm going to continue to watch it and uh, occasionally bore you guys with some with some fighting uh, talk here on the podcast. Not too much, but maybe once once a week or something like that. So those are some of the things on my mind. Check out DAZN. Check out those two fighters I mentioned. And looking forward to having Bellator back as well to kind of pass the time as we uh, get f- from UFC fight to uh, boxing to all these other different fights going on. Well, guys, it's uh, Friday, and the past couple Fridays, we have done a segment called Suds with Studs. We've talked about somebody that we would love to sit down and have a beer with. Uh, it, we have talked uh, specifically about Medal of Honor winners the past uh, four weeks. We, um, we, uh, we talked recently, we've talked about uh, Randy Shugart and Gary Gordon, who were involved in the... Um, Blackhawk Down mission. We talked about last week Navy SEAL Mike Murphy, who was involved in Operation Red Wing, who lost his life, and he was uh, portrayed in the movie Lone Survivor and the book Lone Survivor. Uh, William Kyle Carpenter, who jumped on a grenade, was the uh, youngest living recipient of the Medal of Honor. And of course, our first uh, person we talked about on this segment was William Harvey Carney, uh, the first black man to receive the Medal of Honor during the Civil War. He refused to let the American flag touch the ground uh, despite being shot multiple times. So those are some of the types of people we've been talking about the past few weeks on our Suds with Suds segment. And today I want to talk about somebody that I think everybody knows. I, I, I really hope everybody knows this name. His name is Robert O'Neill. And Robert O'Neill, for those of you who don't know, was the man who shot and killed Osama bin Laden on that Navy SEAL uh, raid back in 2011. Uh, there's been some controversy among some of the teammates in some of the books and different things that have been written. But at the end of the day, uh, Robert O'Neill was the man who shot Osama bin Laden, according to him, according to other other uh, accounts of that raid. Uh, there has been a book written that I've read that I thought was pretty great uh, called No Easy Day. It's uh, the autobiography of one of the Navy SEALs who was on that mission, a firsthand account of the mission that killed Osama bin Laden. That was written by Mark Owen. That's actually a, uh, a pen name, we'll say. That's not the, his actual name, but he wanted to use that name because uh, he didn't want to take away from, he didn't want to make it about him and make the mission about him or his uh, his name or any of his personal information. Well, a few years later, Robert O'Neill wrote a book and he uh, he talked about the mission. And both of these guys have gotten some pushback from the Pentagon, actually, for, uh, you know, releasing some top secret information, basically. Uh, there's some controversy about what was released, what's true, what's not. But I don't want to get too much into that. I want to talk about Robert O'Neill. Uh, I follow him on Instagram. He's on different social media. Today, he's a motivational speaker. That's one of the, the many things he does. He got out of the military uh, not too long. Well, it's hard to believe that 2011 was nine years ago. But uh, anyway, uh, Robert O'Neill was on that raid in 2011 that killed Osama bin Laden, put three bullets in his head. And, you know, after 9-11, for so long, all those 10 years, it took to find him and kill him. I, I always thought to myself, man, I wonder who's going to be the guy that's going get to get to kill bin Laden because it's going to happen one day. One day, God willing, it's going to happen. And sure enough, May 1st, 2011, I was in Lansing, Michigan. I had just worked a baseball game, the Lansing Lugnuts of the Midwest League. I got back to the hotel. It was kind of late. And I was kind of putting putting my stuff in the hotel room, just getting ready to kind of call it a night. Uh, And I saw the news. I either got notification or I saw the news. I turned the news on and the original news was out that Osama bin Laden had been killed uh, by some type of bomb or something. And I just was all adamant. And I, I, I've never watched the news that long in one day and one night. I stayed up and watched the news a long time that night. I actually went, it was a pretty nice hotel. I actually made it a point to go to the hotel bar uh, over in the uh, lobby area and I sat at the bar and there was a couple players there because the visiting team stayed there as well. And we try to avoid each other generally on the road, uh, even in the hotels and everything. Just it's it's probably not a good thing, right? Well, the visiting team was there and I sat down. I saw three or four of them and I said, I said, guys, they knew who I was. I knew who they were. 
I said, guys, you know what? Uh, you know, we're usually it's probably best that we avoid each other and not, you know, mingle and everything. I said, but this is a legendary uh, moment in history. I mean, I, I can't, I can't go to bed without having a toast, uh, without having a toast uh, to the death of Osama bin Laden. And uh, they all felt the same way, and it was just one of those uh, moments where. It was something bigger than baseball, even though we had probably had disagreements on the field and everything. I'll never forget May 1st, 2011, sitting there having a drink with a couple baseball players, uh, making an exception to one of my rules as far as, you know, being around those guys, because we had to, uh, I didn't cheers them or anything, but just, you know, we all kind of raised a glass. We're like, yeah, take that, Osama. We finally got that guy. So uh, Robert O'Neill, you're the hero who pulled the trigger. You were on that mission and not just you, Mr. O'Neill, but all of your colleagues on that mission no 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 loss of life uh from the uh, seal team six which was just just incredible to go in there with the precision you guys did and to do it uh the book has been fantastic if you guys haven't read either book uh it was portrayed in the movie zero dark 30 they don't have any names of the people in that mission or anything but it's a really good uh account kind of of how things went down because i had always wondered what it would be like to to uh Man, we all, that's something I think the entire country could agree on. I really do. 100% across the board that Osama bin Laden needed to die. And it's a shame that it took 10 years, but I'm hoping that in those 10 years uh, of him uh, running, that that he was sleeping with one eye open every single night and, you know, just uh, terrified that, you know, one day uh, American forces would storm into his room and end his life. And you know what? That's exactly what happened. And you can run, but you can't hide uh, Osama bin Laden. So Robert O'Neill, uh, cheers to you, my friend. You are a, uh, I would love to be your friend, <laughs> but I've never met you. Uh, but anyway, cheers to you. Uh, you are someone I would love to have a beer with. And I can promise you this. Uh, I, I think I speak for many people around the world, Mr. O'Neill, that uh, we would love to have a beer with you. And we are definitely buying, sir. Cheers to you. So guys, that is our person we like to talk about for the segment this friday suds with studs cheers to mr robert o'neill if you'd like to follow him on social media check him out he's got some interesting commentary on uh, different topics and things and he's a motivational speaker he goes around i'm sure telling uh, some of the stories uh nothing not letting out too many secrets i would think but anyway uh people can have their opinions of of maybe some things being quiet, some things should be kept quiet, whatever the case may be. But I think in general, uh, if we could put all, everything aside, all the disagreements aside, I think that we can all agree that uh, whoever pulled that trigger and, and all the reports uh, are that Mr. Robert O'Neill did. Uh, we thank you from the bottom of our hearts, especially the victims of 9-11, everyone who lost somebody and uh, the entire country is grateful to you. You should never have to buy a, a drink uh, the rest of your life, sir. Uh, but if I ever come across you, it would be an absolute honor to have a beer with you, sir. And I would absolutely be buying. So cheers to you. I salute you for your service, Mr. Robert O'Neill. Okay, joining us today is Mike Blincy. Mike is a sales rep for BSN Sports. They specialize in equipment, uniforms, uh, anything you need for sports fields. They work uh, directly with a lot of high school, a lot of colleges. He's been with the uh, that business for uh, a little while now. Mike's a graduate of the University of Redlands. He currently lives in Riverside. We'll talk about uh, some umpiring baseball, his new podcast. We'll touch on a lot of different things, but first, let's welcome him. Mike Blincy, welcome to the program. Hey, Matt. Thanks for having me. Mike, what's it been like for you here during uh, during lockdown? I mean, I've seen you've, you've had a podcast come up. I'm sure business has been affected a little bit. I mean, what can you tell me just in general what it's been like the past few months with the, the whole lockdown uh, during COVID-19? Uh, it's been interesting. You go from basically like you and I both like getting on a plane every weekend for baseball and being on campuses, talking to coaches, being a part of practices every day to, no, we can't do any of that. And now have 10 Zoom meetings a day trying to do the exact same thing while everyone plays tennis back and forth on well, is it this or is it that or is it now or is it later <laughs> or nobody knows? Yeah, definitely. It's uh, it's a weird time. It's been odd. It, it's really hurt me to see 
sports uh, kind of disappear, specifically for guys like you and me that umpire college baseball. There's a lot of college umpires around the country who felt the same effects. And not just uh, coach or excuse me, umpires, but coaches, players, everyone involved in college baseball. It's a small community, but an important community. And unfortunately, everyone's season uh, uh, ended ended early. And you know the old saying, you know, sometimes you get to take your ball and go home. Well, that kind of is what everyone had to do. So uh, I I was actually I think on the field when uh, the NBA uh, postponed their season, and we kind of knew when we heard about that that things were not going to look good for us. So what was the early days like for you? Kind of hearing that the season was going to be washed away, and something that we always you know, prepare for to, to work during these spring months and all of a sudden all that's gone. I mean, for me, it was interesting. I was actually sitting with a coach having lunch when the Ivy league, what, two days before that nixed it. Yeah. Nixed their league. And everyone was like, well, what do you think about that? I'm like, well, I mean, there's some of the smartest people in the country, but they also aren't looking at Omaha. So I could see it both from both ways. And then two days later, I'm driving, down, I get a phone call from Jim Perano going, yeah, turn around, you can go home. I'm like, all right. <laughs> We've all experienced that with like rain situations or just some very unique uh, scenarios that have come up in, in, with the, in relation to schools having to cancel games or weekends. But to have an entire season canceled has just been the weirdest of things. Uh, you work in the Mountain West Conference, the, the West Coast Conference. Uh, there's guys that work all over the country, and most of us working out here on the West Coast, I mean, in talking to a lot of different guys, it, it's been tough because, yes, I guess it's not necessarily a career we're doing uh, in working college baseball. It's extra money. It's, it's, uh, it's not a job. It's an avocation, whatever you want to call it. But uh, guys count on that money. Umpires count on working those games and having that money there for us in the springtime. It's just cut. Everyone's lost so much money this year, uh, not just umpires, but so many different people. So it's just been the first time where, where I think umpires have really been hit like this in this manner. I think it's the first time that basically the entire sporting industry, I mean, if you had told us six months ago that sports banks and the courthouses would be closed. <laughs> you'd think everybody was nuts. Yeah. No, absolutely. It's just, it's just been so weird. Uh, you know, we, we actually worked together in Las Vegas uh, two weeks or a week before the, the, the lockdown went into effect and baseball ended. And, you know, when, when we were working those games, I would have never thought that those would have been our final games of the season, really, because we were just getting started having the, the season going. And it was just the weirdest of times, man. And, and you know what? I hate to even talk about it because it's it's really sad. There's a ton of, of sad things going on around the country. So we won't have to necessarily focus on those things. But, but Mike, outside of baseball, you work with BSN Sports. I, I know that it's maybe not a – you know, educate on us, us on it a little bit. I don't know how much – if it's a newer company or not, but it's, uh, it's definitely new to people like me. So what can you tell me about your business there? Uh, and, the, and the type of work that you do for them. So BSN Sports is the largest wholesaler of sports in this country. So we're kind of, we kind of joke around that we're the dirty little secret. So like when logistics, so USC gets a Nike contract. And okay, Nike is going to give all this comp money for X, Y, and Z. BSN is the actual logistics of how that is ran. So we provide sporting goods for Rawlings, for Nike, Under Armour, New Balance. You basically name it, we do it. We can sell a foul pole, and Cal State Fullerton's one of our accounts, a foul pole to Vanderhoek, to the baseballs on the field, to the seed, to putting him in his Nike jerseys with Oakleys on, on the hat. I mean, everything in between. So we kind of hide behind Oz's curtain as the logistics and the wholesaler, while all the brands that everybody knows and loves kind of gets all the glory gotcha that makes sense but but mike what can you tell me about maybe the competition out there because i mean you're not necessarily nike or you're not you're not necessarily adidas but you work hand in hand with those companies and with the schools so what is it like why do you guys stand out why do people uh, operate through you guys and not necessarily the competition so realistically bsn is the first of its kind okay um, there are other companies that have sprung up that have used our same model. So you'll have people that will try to do like a my team shop and they'll call it your own personal locker 
where you can put spiritware on a website for a short amount of time. Um, that came from BSN Sports. So that's one of the things that we do with high schools. Mom and Pops would, used to do it where they would get all the spirit packs from a coach. The coach would take the money from the team. And then two weeks later, a box would show up with all the shirts and hats and jackets in it. Well, we take all, all those steps and make it streamlined. So I'd sit with a coach. He'd say, I want this. We design it on the iPad or on my computer. He goes, perfect. We then make a website so then the kids can go to it. They can order it. It can be drop shipped straight to their house. Instead of having a coach deal with the money, deal with ASB, deal with all the different things. His boosters are happy all the time. They can go on our website or they can call me and they can get gear for the school. And they're not having to deal with all of these different levels and all these different people. There's certain schools I work with that may still work with 20 different vendors to get what they could just call me because we have 408 vendors that we work with. So it makes it so there's a single point of communication to give continuity of care throughout the entire program for all the coaches, all the ADs, an entire school district knows they can call one person versus having to hunt and peck 20 different ways and spend hours of their day. Because every minute I can save a coach is a minute he can utilize to to save or to mold a young life. Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, you there is no maximum or minimum uh, business that to, to be done, right? I mean, you work with universities, you also work with small high schools. I mean, is, is it all just kind of wrapped into one or are you guys looking for a bigger commitment versus uh, maybe those who only want to kind of use you guys for a little bit of things? Oh, no, you can use me as much or as little as you want, basically. Um, like right now during the pandemic, I've been working with Loma Linda University to help them with all their nurses. So all of the shirts and all of the scrubs, masks, as we adapted, um, I'm working with virtual VBSs with a bunch of churches in my area because I just happen to know because going to church, talking to the pastor and they have a need, I have a solution. So we just kind of come together. Mm -hmm. No, that's, that's interesting that it's, it's kind of outside of sports as well. I mean, BSN is pretty large, isn't it? If I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, isn't the headquarters out in Texas? Yeah, we're so we are actually BSN is under the umbrella of varsity sports. Mm -hmm. A lot of people like for cheerleaders, they know varsity spirit. And a lot of people know Herc Jones for when it comes to graduation and rings and yearbooks. Well, all three of those companies, BSN, Herc Jones and varsity cheer are all owned by varsity brands. Interesting. So they're all one company. And then, like I said, out of that one company, we have on the BSN side, 408 subcategories so you're talking about douglas for shoulder pads shut for helmets rawlings for baseballs nike for footwear like you can name off 408 companies that we work with to get people what they need i tell people all the time i don't sell sports i solve problems that's my entire job <laughs> well well mike uh, you know we have a few uh, different uh, people who listen to this show, who are coaches, who work for different schools and such. What is the best way to gather some more information about BSN sports or specifically working with you in the Southern California area or wherever they're at uh, in uh, uni the United States? Um, if they are already attached to a school, they can always email me. Um, it's just M Blincy, B as in boy, L I N C I at BSN sports.com. But if you're already attached to a school, you probably already have a rep, whether he's servicing your school well or not. That's up to that particular rep. But if you call me like or email me, hey, Mike, I heard you on the podcast. This is Matt from Fuller from Fullerton High School. I'd love to work with you. I'll respond. Matt, thanks. Cool. Glad you enjoyed the podcast. However, John Smith is your rep. Here's his contact information. I've CC'd him on this email. He can help you. Because I can't touch another rep's okay. territory. Okay. Now, if it's a small business owner, if it's a church, if it's a hospital, somebody like that that needs stuff. Because I was talking to Pablo at lunch and working with his car dealership out in Toyota. They need shirts. They need masks right now. So they're going to. So we started doing mock-ups at lunchtime for his dealership. <laughs> it's interesting how it's uh, one, one small world that uh, umpires operate in for those who don't know umpiring you know it's it's uh, something we love to do but everyone has their own lives and other income as well or most of us i should say not everyone some of us do it uh 
it is our primary source of income. But yeah, we there's different connections in the umpiring world, and it's fun to see what, when it comes together full circle with everyone involved. <laughs> oh, excuse me, uh, Mike. Well, let me let me ask you this: you you've been a guy that has been in California a long time, but what? What has it been like? You said you used to live in Michigan. You were from there, and you came out here when you were 10, 11 years old, somewhere in there. What was the reasoning for coming out to California, and do you ever miss any any parts of Michigan from your childhood days? Um, so the reason I came out was very simple. My dad got a promotion in his region with the Western United States, and they're, they were based in Southern California, so we came out as a family. Um, and I didn't really get a choice in the matter. Um, <laughs> My grandparents, God rest their soul, still lived in Michigan until their deaths. Um, so I went back a lot, um, going back and seeing family in the Midwest. Um, I miss the small town community, probably the reason that I lived in Redlands for so long. Um, and I still work in Redlands. I love that small town Americana feeling mm-hmm. where everyone kind of knows each other. Everyone gets up for the high school game, gets up for the college game, and you just really feel that community and in southern california there's so much to do and we're so spread out i feel like a lot of times people put themselves on an island and because they can go everywhere but then they also go nowhere and they stay inside of their phones interesting i've been to michigan a couple different times i was there in the late spring and the uh, summertime. And I just can't imagine those winters, man. That's just a, a harsh time. The The springtime was cold enough for me and uh, I couldn't wait for the summer to, to arrive. So uh, yeah, Michigan, I don't know, uh, good people, uh, nice people, but a uh, nice place, but man, way too cold for me. Well, I mean, you're going to, you're going to get climatized either way. <laughs> mo- mo- no, most West coasters don't know what ice fog is. They have no concept of shoveling snow and waking up and, and turning the, the block on your car so that way that the battery's nice and warm and the engine's warm for you to actually go to work or go to school (laughs) yeah oh yeah well yeah no no thank you (laughs) but anyway well you moved out to california you went to loma high loma linda high school uh you played multiple sports there and it was at that time right uh right around 15 years old or so that you got your start in umpiring and tell me how that all went down uh during your high school years so basically when I was in high school, our high school required two things. Um, obviously outside of that academia, um, we had to have community service credit. You had to have 50 hours of that and you had to have 50 hours of work service credit in order to graduate. That was two of the requirements. Um, so when I was playing baseball, the local, um, little league president also happened to be a teacher at the high school and he came by our practice and said, Hey, we need umpires for a junior umpire program. And if you do this, I will sign off on your hours for community service credit. So you can either umpire and be around baseball, which you already love, get a hot dog afterwards. We'll train you. And, or you can go to the soup kitchen down the street and get your community service credit. Well, obviously I chose the umpire. (laughs) Yeah. It sure beats, uh, other, other line of work or other things, uh, requirements and such and so from there did you continue to pursue it did you take some time off and get back into it what was kind of the process after high school with umpiring um i fell in love with umpiring and all just the camaraderie of umpiring the brotherhood that we talk about and the way that you can know absolutely nothing about somebody but then within five minutes of putting on the gear you're going to go to war with that person, fully trust that person because of the brotherhood. Because I was an only child, so I'd never really had opportunities. Like I have my brothers and sisters, quote unquote, but they're not blood. They're my best friends. Um, I call them my sister or my brother, but to have that type of camaraderie was very odd at my age. So I fell in love with it. So then when I got out of high school, I started umpiring high school baseball while I was playing baseball in college. And it just kept on growing. And then when I worked for Sports Chalet and was a baseball pro for them, I started working some JUCO baseball and just lower level NAI and kind of worked my way up from there. Nice. And so what was it like being a player and umpiring at the same time? You're not the first guy I've heard that about. 
for me, I think it's something all players should do. I don't care the level, just so they get an understanding of, uh, you know, maybe how things operate and maybe not, not, not uh, lose their cool so much, just having an idea of what it's like. Oh, absolutely. I mean, when I was playing college baseball, I was a catcher, same thing in high school, but I was umpiring high school. So I, I think it gave me an advantage because I could talk to catchers really well. Even to this day, I can still talk to catchers because I know the lingo fairly well. And it creates a better rapport. And I think I agree, all players should officiate at some level. And I think a lot of the coaches in the area do a very good job of during their summer camps um, or during the a lot of their fundraisers, the kids that are playing high school sports are also officiating those younger kids that are coming up. Yeah, I think it'd be beneficial to everybody and uh, would definitely maybe make for some less conflict out there uh, because you do learn a lot. You learn a lot and you see the game a completely different way. Uh, I think players that never umpire can never understand what it is like and coaches who've never played, you know, they there's all of these just think of it. I mean, everyone's out there on the field trying to do a job. And if you haven't done one of the three uh, elements out there, then I don't know. I don't think you can fully understand, uh, you know, the triangle and how it works out there as far as players, coaches and umpires, because I know a lot of umpires that have coached. And so they know what, how, what coaches are doing. A lot of guys who umpired played baseball as well. So I, I think it would be beneficial to, uh, to everyone to uh, go out and strap it on and, and even work, whatever, work a few games. Uh, I know most coaches umpire during our games from the dugout. Uh, it's, I still have yet to go over there towards the dugout and uh, try to see that, that look because apparently that's a really good look. All, all kidding aside, of course. But uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, those are things I think would be beneficial for everybody. Absolutely. I mean, I, it brings up an old joke. One of my mentors when I was in, in high school, joke that on his last game when a coach yells that's a strike after he calls a ball he's going to walk over to where he where he's standing and stand next to him you're right it does look like a strike from here. <laughs> i i think it's funny i mean i i put on mlb network every now and then and i see these teams you know scrimmaging and preparing for the season and uh wa- watching them or coaches umpire uh, behind the mound or behind a, a screen is it, pretty funny uh to see you know they seem out of place uh but you know what, unless you've umpired at any level, uh, I don't think you can truly understand what it's about. Uh, it's just, it's just so like, like you said, it's, it becomes this addicting thing that we enjoy doing. You can't quite explain it. It's just something you got to experience. And uh, as you climb the ladder, it definitely becomes uh, it's, it's fun, but it becomes more of a business, even though it's not a technically a business, but uh, it's a business within a business, I guess. And, People need to understand that as you climb the ladder, uh, things get a lot more important for everyone on the field, and, and that includes umpiring. So, I mean, what can you tell me about transitioning eventually into Division One college baseball and kind of what that's been like? I mean, has it been eye-opening? Has it been, has it been fun getting to that level? Or just kind of what are your general thoughts on umpiring and college baseball? I mean, every time – it's no different than I would tell a coach going from a high school position to a JC, NAI, D3, D2, Division One coaching position. Because I've talked to a lot of coaches on my podcast about it because they came from this and now they're doing it. And the pressure is an external, is more of an internal thing than an external piece. Yes, you have boosters you have to deal with and whatnot, just like we have fans you have to deal with. But if you're preparing and you are learning from the people in front of you, so you ha- constantly give yourself a mentor and you constantly have your support group that's next to you, but you remember where you came from and you stay humble and you continue to work hard, then I think good things happen. But good things happen when you're prepared for good things to happen. I think a lot of people, when they get to a certain level, they stop preparing themselves for that next level because they are a victim of their own mind and they say, Oh, nope, this is as far as I'm going. Okay. Well then that's all as far as you're going. Yeah. I think you, you gotta be accountable about all your actions and uh, you know, constantly learn. I mean, guys get to a certain level and they think they've, they've learned it all. And it's like, no, that's, 
that's not the case. You better stay stay on top of things and uh, evaluate yourself on a daily basis. Even if you've had a good game, you gotta look. You gotta look and find something. And, and the people around you, uh, you know, you need to have a, a small inner circle that of people you can trust that you can go to that will tell you, hey, uh, you know, you need to try this or hey, uh, stop doing that or hey, uh, I like what you do here and, and really accept that feedback. Uh, otherwise, you know if you stop improving, what's the point? What's the point of doing this stuff? So yeah, I, I couldn't agree with more with some of those, uh, some of that, uh, that insight, Mike. Uh, well, outside of umpiring, Mike, uh, probably more than anything. Uh, well, we'll get to that in a second, but, but you also work with the uh, black and blue umpire camps. Billy Hayes does a great job running these camps. Uh, it is some of the best instruction umpires can get. Uh, from college instructors, guys who've been in the minor leagues, guys who have a ton of experience uh, in training young umpires, uh, young in experience anyway, uh, at the two-man, the three-man, the four-man level. There's multiple camps. So what can you tell me about the black and blue umpire camps? Uh, I, I, if I remember correctly, you were a student once, and now you, you get to help out in, in a lot of different ways. So just tell me about your interaction with the black and blue umpire camps. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're going on our 10th year. It would have been our 10-year anniversary if it wasn't for this pandemic. Um, I did start as a student, um, but then I came to Billy with an idea of how to adapt the business. And then he and I are now partners in that where we try to hit – I'm all about holistic education and continuing education. Um, so we try to replicate – the whole experience that you could get with brotherhood. So we work with a base, which is your classroom base. Once you get a classroom base, then you're going to learn concepts before we ever put a bat to a ball. Once you've learned your, your basic concepts for each position, then you're going to get dry drills where there's, we're doing the drill slow paced with students or with players. Then from there, we'll go to a situational game. A situational game will go to an actual game. Then we'll have vi video breakout sessions and symposiums at night from the different coordinators and staff members, as well as doing nightly socials with the campers. So that way they can learn from each other and start to network with each other. So you may be a high school guy now, but now you get a JC assignment. Well, now you may know two or three people in that JC group already. So you have that mentor to help. Hey, this is my first year here. What can you tell me about? x y and z coach or this team or where do you park here or <laughs> what about this umpire i've never met or worked with him before what can you tell me so you already have a built-in network so guys are flourishing in that because we're supporting them in almost every facet of the game well and you don't need a, a lot of experience to attend these camps i think it's very uh the 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 hands-on instruction is so great where, where they will take whatever experience you have and work with it, whether you're a little league guy or you're a high school guy, you, you're a junior college guy who's trying to get to division two, division two guy trying to get to division one. Like there's a whole uh, bunch of different experience levels out there. And I think that's one thing I have seen from a distance uh, with the black and blue umpire camps and seeing it grow, seeing that a lot of students end up going back. They go back for uh, different levels of instruction. They try to get something more out of it uh, every time they go. I happen to know a lot of the instructors uh, out there helping, and I know they enjoy teaching. So it's a very beneficial thing on the West Coast. You guys operate uh, here in California, but I know there's a ton of people from all over the country who have come out to, uh, to take part in your camps. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, I think uh, Hawaii – some other parts, uh, you know, the Midwest. I mean, where are some of the places students have come out to participate in these camps? We've had guys from Florida, Mexico, Michigan, New York, last year in Minnesota. Um, the Flying Hawaiians, usually we'll have a fact where two or three of them will come together. Um, Washington, all, all over the Western United States. We've had um, a Canadian, Australian, um, one guy from Japan has come. To our camp so we kind of pull from all over but i think it's a credit to the curriculum and it's very difficult because we've gone through several different staffs and staff members and it's constantly evolving mm -hmm. because 
it's difficult sometimes to speak the common tongue and meet the middle of the room. Yeah. And I think Scott Latender, who's now our lead instructor, does a brilliant job at that where he's not losing the room, but he's also not talking over most of the room's head on any concept. And he goes and he's very fluid with his way of teaching while still teaching the book, saying this is the book, but here's the advanced concepts. Here's how we get you to the book. If this is if I'm speaking in Swahili to you right now. Yeah, so it's a major balancing act for us. And I and I think word has gotten out, and that's why so many guys from around the country and other countries even have come out to the umpire camps. The black and blue umpire camps are among the best, uh, the best in the business at instruction. And I I, I I would put them up against any other camp out there. I really would. Um, you know, and like I said, if you're a young umpire, as far as your level, I think the two man camp would be great for trying to improve, uh, your schedule and everything. If you're at the three man camp, I think that would be great for guys that are maybe working some higher level high school stuff, maybe working some community college. They want to get some three man experience and, and maybe get to division two or division one. And then I know division or excuse me, the four man camp for you guys, that's more advanced. That's for guys that. Uh, you know, it's an invite only type of scenario. So what I love about what you guys do is that it's, it's something for everybody. And if people are interested in, uh, in umpiring and in, in improving and getting to your camps, Mike, what, what, what's uh, the best way to follow that? Is there a Facebook page, a website? What are some ways people can uh, gain some information about the black and blue umpire camps? Yeah, Matt. Um, so they can go on Facebook. We actually have two Facebook pages. One is the Black and Blue Umpire Camps, and one is the Black and Blue Umpire Association. The association, uh, we've teamed up with 10 different travel ball tournaments, obviously not right now. Um, but this year, we were originally scheduled for 51 different uh, baseball tournaments throughout the Western United States for guys to umpire. Um, they can go there, or they can go to our website, which is Camps plural.com um we are not running any camps this year because of um the pandemic but for 2021 we will be up and running full force again oh well that's good news uh, i figured yeah there wouldn't be a whole lot going on this year unfortunately with the way things have gone but but that's another thing too mike that you guys do is that you do provide live games right for for guys to get reps and work maybe an inning behind the plate go to the bases move around uh it, the level of ball obviously is uh, you know teenage kids but still it's uh, it's putting the the things you learn in the camp uh in, into to play with some some live games in the in the summer or, or some of the fall tournaments is it like that with every all of the camps or maybe only for some of the uh, the more four-man or three-man camps so for the four-man and the three-man advanced, absolutely, we have live games the entire time. Um, the three-man up in Sacramento, which we call our base three-man, we actually don't use live games because that's the first time most guys have ever touched three-man. So we do that where it's you'll do a situation game at Sac State, um, but it's all drills and it's all the base level three-man. And then at the two-man, we do mostly drills in the last day um, there's actually a JC showcase that's up there. That's the best JC talent um, in Northern California that we utilize. So that way guys can show the, themselves on the last day for hiring purposes um, for two men. Okay. Got you. And, and, and Mike, just so people are well, I mean, they could see kind of the general uh, information on the websites and everything, but on average, I mean, what, what are you looking at? Is it like, four or five days basically of instruction is it two or three days and, and kind of what is the approximate cost guys are looking at if they want to get involved in these camps so the normally what we'll do is we'll always start it on a wednesday night so that's when registration is you'll introduce yourself to the staff and then thursday is classroom friday is drills saturday sunday is usually going to be your live games okay. is on average um, the cost is 500 bucks for the camp. Um, that does not include your airfare, your food, or your housing. We always try to have a housing hotel that is at a cheaper rate than what you can usually find. Um, but there's no obligation. So, I mean, if guys lived in Riverside and we have the three-man advance at Riverside, they can stay at home. There's, and it would only cost them 500 bucks. 
Gotcha. Well, it's like I said, we've already talked about how great the, the umpire camp is and that, you know, you and Billy Hayes and the whole staff does an ex- outstanding job. Uh, I think it's a be a great benefit for all umpires to go who are looking to get better. Uh, at least try it out one time and see if you like it. And most guys end up going back. So I think that that says a lot right there. And yeah, the black and blue umpire camps uh, doing great work here in uh, California, but a lot of uh, people come from all over. So, so that's just great stuff, Mike. And I, I hope you guys get to uh, get back at it here in 2021. So you and me both. <laughs> well, Mike, one other thing that you started up uh, and tell me kind of how it all got going for you, but uh, you started up a podcast and I remember coming across it one day and it was uh, on YouTube, I believe. But uh, I, I've checked out a few episodes. It's pretty cool talking to some local coaches and stuff. But just tell us about the podcast, kind of what was your reason for starting it, and just kind of what the podcast is about, really. So basically, the podcast is all of my coaches um, so far, and it's really open to any of our coaches in Southern California. It's called BSN Sports SoCal Coaches Talk. It's on YouTube, like you've mentioned. Um, we try to put out a new episode once a week, um, just depending. Um, this next week, I'm recording three of my football coaches because we're going to be coming into that season. Um, but it's just a way for coaches to talk, talk about culture, talk about recruiting, talking about their philosophies as a coach and things that people may not understand about their programs and where they've come, where they're going, opportunities for guys. So. I've had a doctor from Loma Linda talking about life sports. So like we have a lot of kids that watch it also um, where, okay, you're in athletics right now. What happens when you get to college? What happens when you get your first real job? Now, yeah, you can continue to go to the gym. If you're a gym rat, golf, what about pickleball, tennis, swimming, surfing, and the health benefits of that talking to a baseball coach about, the culture and how he likes to inspire kids. Um, summer leagues we've had on there. We've had Rich Padilla with the Wounded Warrior Umpire Academy. I've had athletic directors on there talking about recruitment right now. Um, so we do a lot of that. We also I also will throw on stuff. One of the ones that I threw on last week, um, which is getting a lot of talk right now, is the BSN Custom Uniforms versus Adidas Nike and Under Armour because the supply chains are so messed up right now and Under Armour and Nike have come out and said that there's going to be an 18% increase in their product prices for 2021 in order to make up the money from this last year. Adidas just took a $3 billion um, loan from a German bank in order to get their supply chains back up and running because they only had a 16% net sales comparatively to what they thought they were going to have in March, April, and May. Wow. So all of those companies are hurting but we talk about, okay, you still need custom uniforms. Here's my example. A Nike Vapor costs this. Uh, Adidas Me Dynasty costs this. An Under Armour Primetime costs this. Here's the exact same quality uniform, dye supplemented from BSN for half that cost. So that's one that's getting a lot of coverage right now because, frankly, athletic directors, coaches, travel ball teams, small business owners, who used to wear a Nike swoosh are all sitting there going, now what? Do I get another <laughs> Nike swoosh or do I fire somebody? Yeah, it's uh, man, business is uh, this, that side of things is very interesting. And uh, it, it's, I've heard a few coaches talk and it's been great. It's been good to hear them uh, sit there. You hear a few, a few of them talk in the media and such, but to sit down at a podcast, a one on one type situation, it, it's fun to hear them talk about just their daily lives, what things have been like for them, because they, you know, them, especially the baseball guys, they, they live, uh, they live, eat and breathe uh, baseball. I mean, as a lot of us do, we try to have other outlets too, but, but that is their, that is their job, their career. I mean, they, uh, they depend on 18, 19, 20 year old men to, uh, to perform and, and they have a job to do. So it's fun to hear them talk. I'd like to get a few guys on, on our podcast also from a, coach's perspective just to get a little different side of things so i think uh, the podcast what you're doing is great i mean what was kind of the the reason you started it was it just uh an opportunity to be in touch with people that were clients or how did all that come about um it basically came because i was getting 
coaches that were at home during the pandemic because it all happened right after the pandemic. I was at home for the first time in 10 seasons where I'm actually at home on weekends. Um, and I had coaches that are sitting at home and they'd be texting me because they're friends of mine because you create relationships in this job. And they're like, dude, I'm pulling my hair out. Like we can't, we can't go get a beer. We, I can't go to the beach. I can't go out and hit a bu- bucket of baseballs at a local park. I'm going nuts. I was like, okay, well, one of our friends, Adam, happens to have a studio. So I talked to him about this project that I'd like to start. And he goes, oh, yeah, sure. Go for it. And so <laughs> I started inviting my coaches. And I thought I was going to maybe get, uh, if I could get to six or seven of them, we'd have a good day and call it. But now it's started rolling where I think we're up to oh, almost 20, 22 episodes now. Mm-hmm. Where we've been putting out one to two every week. And like I said, I have coaches that are calling, oh, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. And whether it's via Zoom because they have a health issue at home and they don't want to come out or people that want to sit across the table and everything in between and just giving content to people that are starving for content and trying to give hope to kids <laughs> that are sitting at home for the first time in their life and having to deal with something that is not of their making and having to really work through adversity and things that their parents or they have made their cross to bear that this is their life and now they don't have a life. So trying to help give hope, because I always ask the coaches, what's one thing that you could say to your kids right now to give them hope or to the community, what would it be? That's always my final question. Mm-hmm. No, that's that's a great question, Mike. And, and uh, I mean, uh, hope, it's uh, sometimes it's just a fancy word, right? But I think we're all looking for that right now we all are looking and we're occupying our time in any way we can whether it be this podcast your podcast all the different things uh that that people are turning to it's been really interesting it's been an interesting we'll say experiment these past few months the idea that we don't have our normal lives the things we commit so much of our time to things we love so much uh we, we can't take part in a lot of them so uh, yeah, to find other things, I think that's a good way to put it, is that we, we, we do hope for changes and for, for better things. And, and I think the number one thing, I mean, I'll ask you directly, for me it's been this way, but do you think it's been an opportunity really in talking with all these people that that in itself has helped you get along through this whole thing? I know for me it has. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I remember early on one of my friends posted on social media, reach out to all of your extrovert friends and see how they're doing. Cause they're all going nuts. <laughs> that's great because that's a funny thing. Like I'm, I feel, I feel like I'm very introverted. I I'll be out, I'll socialize with buddies, but I, I kind of keep to myself until I really, I really know you. And uh, you know, it, it's been weird myself sitting at home. Like I don't love being home as this much, but uh, at the same time, it's like, there's some, there's some days I'm like, eh, it's not too bad. But, yeah, I, I would much rather be out on a baseball field, uh, see, seeing the fellows, even, even some of the coaches. Some of the coaches aren't such bad guys. They're, they're fun to, to come across and uh, spend a couple days with uh, arguing about things or whatever the case may be. It, you know, it's all competition. Everyone's trying to do a job. So I, I miss all of that. Uh, it's, it's just been an unfortunate time for everybody. I mean, what, what is the biggest thing uh, during these four months that you've taken away, really? If you could sum it up in a couple sentences – uh, it could be missing baseball. It could be uh, miss hanging out. It could be anything you want. What have you taken from these past four, four, four months that have been so completely different than anything we've ever seen? Um, I am terrible at sitting on my hands. <laughs> um, and apparently I'm not good at relaxing because you could take this opportunity. And I know several reps that have that literally they're watching Netflix all day and They'll send out an email here or there, but uh, like for me, if I'm not creating content, then I don't know what I'm, what I'm doing with myself because I create content all day. It keeps my brain moving forward. And I think if you're not creating content for yourself and bettering yourself, then you're going backwards. Yeah. And I've always been a person who control what you can control and strive to move forward. 
Oh, absolutely. I, I think that's that's very well said. Said whether we're in a pandemic or not, uh, that, those are good rules to live by. And, and Mike, before we forget, I just want to make sure everyone knows if they want to check out your podcast, uh, it's on YouTube. Where do they what do they search? What do they look for? Give us the details on your podcast. So you just go to YouTube, put in BSN Sports SoCal Coaches Talk, um, and it'll pop up. Um, my smiling mug with Gary Ogcock is the last one that we just put up uh, yesterday. So that one just hit, and then you can go through from there. We try to put out, like I said, one to two episodes every week. Um, if there's any coaches that would like to be on the podcast, they can just email me. Um, there's always the email at the end of every single one of the podcasts, and we can set it up and just – it's open to everybody. I mean, Adam's kind of doing the same thing with a lot of small business owners in the Inland Empire. So there's that opportunity, too, if there's small business owners that would like to have an opportunity to talk about their business to the community as well. Yeah. And you know what? Likewise here. I mean, we are always looking for new guests, for new content. Uh, you reached out to me about coming on, and I've said that to many of our guests uh, or to our audience, I should say, about, hey, if you're interested, come on, come online or come on for a quick conversation and Tell us about what's going on with you or your experiences, your business. Uh, I, I'm up for any of that. So, yeah, Mike, I'll, I, as a fellow podcaster, I, uh, I definitely find some of your content interesting, and, and I've watched a, watched a few episodes myself. So that's great stuff. Uh, well, Mike, uh, in, in wrapping it up here, I mean, we got a few different things, uh, you know, of, of places to contact you. Of course, if people want to contact you, whether it be BSN, uh, the, the Black and Blue Umpire Camp, or, or the podcast, Mike's kind of laid it out there for you with his email address. If you guys want to go back and uh, look at the top of the show at some of those things, or if Mike, if you want to share those with us now, once again, your email address for any questions for BSN and any uh, website information for the Black and Blue Umpire Camp. And you just mentioned the podcast, so we don't have to talk about that. But can you fill us in one more time on a few places to reach out to you? Absolutely. So my BSN email and. I say that because everything goes to my phone now. It doesn't matter if it's my personal or professional email. Is M Blincy, so B as in boy, L I N C I at bsnsports.com. Um, for black and blue, you can go to black and blue umpire camps.com or you can go on Facebook um, and look up black and blue umpire camps. Also on Facebook, you can look me up. I'm the only Mike Blincy in the country because my last name's that unique. So there it is. Cool, Mike. Well, Mike, I appreciate you being on here. Anything else you wanted to chat about? I mean, I think we kind of ran down our, our little script here. And uh, any, I mean, anything else you'd like to say in closing? Uh, just hopefully everyone's staying safe and hopefully we can get a change in the wind here shortly. So that way this ship can turn and actually get back to some version of a normal life. <laughs> yeah. Amen to that brother. Well, keep up the great work you're doing uh, with BSN and the black and blue umpire camp and uh, the podcast. I look forward to some future episodes and thank you so much for coming on here, Mike. It was a fun time catching up. No problem. Thanks for having me, Matt. You got it. Thanks again, Mike Blincy, for joining us on the program. Appreciate uh, all your thoughts on umpiring and uh, sharing information about your business and the umpire camps. A lot of fun catching up, man. My best to you and the family. I uh, hope to see you on a baseball field next season, but who knows where we'll, we'll, we will be next college baseball season. Mike, all the best. Thanks for joining us. Well, guys, that wraps up another week of shows uh, here on the Get Home Safe podcast. Really happy with the uh, product we put out this week. We will be back here next Monday having uh, more episodes, more interviews. We'll get going right away uh, on Monday morning. We're here every single day, Monday through Friday, that is, on the Get Home Safe podcast with new episodes, new guests, uh, hopefully people you continue to want to listen to we're going to take a few days off here on the weekend as we always do kind of recharge the batteries you know back to kind of some combat sports uh, i'm kind of a lunatic guys sometimes with some of the things i, I purchased this uh, ufc apron and like cooking hat if you can picture it uh, i'm sure some of you are laughing right now i showed valerie my girlfriend and she just laughed she 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 was laughing but at the end of the laughter she's like you know what that's pretty awesome and so yeah it just kind of gets me in the mood you know barbecuing for the weekend or whatever the case may be i told her man i'm gonna even use this if i barbecue uh or barbecue, if i microwave a pizza or something i'll throw on my ufc apron if there's ufc fights on so don't don't laugh at me too much guys it's just who i am i'm very much uh 
I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes I, I get caught up in, uh, oh, I need this. Oh, you don't really need that. But anyway, uh, so that was a purchase I made recently when looking up some UFC gear. And I was like, yeah, why not? Let's get an apron for, for barbecue. And that looked kind of masculine. Anyway, <laughs> one last thought on kind of combat sports. You know what's something that just impresses me to no end about combat sports is the sportsmanship. And I really mean that. Like, there's constant trash talking. And I think it is really uh, one of the only sports where talk as much trash as you want because you got to back it up it's just you on you against another person but think about it i mean these guys go from killing each other basically to when that final horn sounds to hugging shaking hands to fist pounding the uh the other people on the uh, other in the other corner i mean the trainers the coaches it's just uh, that's something that's always stood out to me even the guys where it seems like there's bad blood uh there's still a little bit of sportsmanship in in the most intense of guys and i think it's it speaks volumes to the sport, and it's one of the many reasons that I just really like boxing. I really like UFC. I really like MMA, Bellator, boxing, all the different promotions. I mean, I can't get enough of it. So looking forward to some of that on the weekend. That's what I will be doing, as always, and also during the middle of the week, really. It's been nice having some fight cards out. So uh, get a chance to use my fancy UFC apron. And, uh, yeah, you guys uh, make fun of me all you want, but that is the plan. So, anyway, hope you guys have a great weekend, whatever you're doing out there. Uh, just hanging out with family or taking a break off of work. I think we all need it these days as we roll on in the month of July during the pandemic 2020. But we will be back for you here on the Get Home Safe podcast on Monday morning with brand new episodes. Can't wait to get those out for you. As always, guys, you can follow us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is Get Home Safe Pod. Our Facebook and Instagram page is Get Home Safe Podcast. And our email address is Get Home Safe Podcast at yahoo.com. If you would like to reach out to us with a voice message, you can do so on the Anchor app. Uh, there's a button, green button, turquoise button towards the top of our page. It says uh, message. Uh, you can click there, leave a voice message. I can put that on the show, on an episode, and then I can respond to it. If you'd like to do that, you're interested in that, uh, want to reach out to us, uh, any of our various social media platforms, or with the voice message, we would love to hear from you. As always, speaking of Anchor, you can listen to our podcast, many platforms, but we operate through the Anchor app. It helps a guy like me who knows nothing about technology slowly but surely uh, get episodes out, and it's really made it easy. I can't uh, thank Anchor enough. It's just a wonderful thing, and they really clear it up for you. So if anybody's interested in podcasts out there, uh, definitely check out the Anchor app and see if maybe it's something you want to do. Don't forget to check out Mike Blincy's podcast. Some great episodes there with some different coaches. A lot of great podcasts out there, guys. So we really appreciate you tuning into ours every single day, Monday through Friday. And if you haven't uh, had a chance to listen to other episodes, they're always up and ready for you. If you want to re-listen to some, that's cool too. We are over 5,000 plays. I cannot believe that. And uh, man, it's just so humbling, really, that uh, we are 5,000 plays now after starting this, just rambling away one day in my car on my phone because I was bored. So here we are now. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you for all the guests this week. It was great talking to you. We look forward to our guests next week. Guys, no matter what you're doing, whether you're out on the town or around in third base, get home safe. Thank you.